Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner back once again. We have returned from Mobile. Jamie back in Chicago. I back in Phoenix, Arizona. We have returned from what was a cold, wet, rainy week in Mobile, Alabama, as we enjoyed some senior uh, bowl practices, the game, just a lot of fun and excitement uh, around the senior bowl as draft season really has gotten into full swing. And the big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. Jamie, happy Tuesday to you. Hope you got safe travels back to Chicago. Hope you're doing well. It was fun uh, being in person. Uh, the last week, but we are back in our remote setups here for draft season. We are, and uh, I, I know last week we, we mentioned we might try to do some extra shows. Did not yeah. work out that way for a number of reasons, but hopefully you were following along with the Draft Network throughout the week because you got more than enough content across the board. But you know, look, I'm excited to get into the sixth round here. This is, will be uh, basically our second-to-last mock draft review. We're going to come back next Tuesday as well to break down. We'll, we'll do two rounds. For next Tuesday, uh, I'm going to end the fight. It'll be the final little run there uh, and we'll break down the final two rounds of this mock draft. But I'm excited to get rolling here. I'm excited for the Super Bowl that's coming up. And uh, I can say it because it's not an ad read. So I'm yes, not, I'm not allowed to say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm excited for the Super Bowl coming up and uh, we'll, we'll get that into that a little bit at the very end of the show today. So so very quickly before we get into um, the, the mock draft, you bring up a very good point is Jamie and I and our travels down to Mobile. We're like, dude. We're together. We're going to have the equipment. There's going to be football. Let's just talk every day about what we saw. Oblivious to the fact that Jamie's really busy in what he does outside of the TD and Fantasy Podcast, and I am extremely busy in what I do outside of the TD and Fantasy Podcast with Draft Dudes, with the video content that we were producing, Jamie editing everybody's stories because we were producing more content. So the, we did not think it through very well, and it very much uh, it, we got a little busy with all of the football stuff that was happening down there in Mobile. But yes, uh, lots of video content coming to the draftnetwork.com. Uh, and the YouTube page. If you're looking for more Senior Bowl coverage, there's so much stuff coming out this week. Uh, and we're going to talk about some rookies here today uh, from, a, from a fantasy football perspective. Jamie, let's waste a little time. The sixth round of your way-too-early 2022 mock draft here. Uh, we finished with the fifth round, and as always, I will read the team and then the person joining that team, and then we can discuss. Uh, so 6.1, the first pick in the sixth round, joining Javante Williams, Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, Darren Waller, and Miles Sanders. This team now gets themselves a QB. I believe this is QB. Let me just do the math real quick. QB four? Okay, I was going to say three, so that was, that was my, my math would have been wrong there. Justin... Herbert 
QB4. And I think that might be a name that shocks some people here a little bit. I know it shocks me. There's a name still on the board, Jamie, that I'm a little surprised is still on the board, but Justin Herbert comes off the board here. No, Justin Herbert deserves to be in this spot. Finished as the QB2 in total points and average points last year. He had nine games with 21 or more fantasy points this past season. Uh, look, I'm not as worried if he loses, loses Mike Williams. He loses Mike Williams. They'll be able to replace him with somebody else. Uh, love this offense. I, again, I believe that Joe Lombardi is probably even holding Justin Herbert back a little bit, as I mentioned in the article on the draftnetwork.com. But here's the most important thing. Keenan Allen's coming back. Austin Eckler's coming back. Uh, and Justin Herbert has been absolutely an ascending talent since the second he got the opportunity to come into the NFL and start after the uh, the freak injury to, to Rod Taylor with the whole uh, puncturing in lung and all the other stuff that happened early last se- or early two seasons ago. So to me, he's clearly coming off the board here. I, I mean, I can make an argument from a QB3 even, uh, depending on how you feel about Kyler Murray and whether or not he's unfollowing everybody's friends and family on, on social media. Herbert is absolutely deserves to be in this spot, and – you know, now with this team, you've got two running back. You've got your starting two running backs. You're starting two wide receivers. You're starting tight end. I think this is where the part where you'll see a guy like me, six round six, round seven, start to actually get into the QB range here. I really don't want to take a QB uh, in most cases before I get my starting skill position players. But uh, again, I expect Herbert to be off the board earlier than this. But I would wait on quarterbacks and single quarterback leads as much as possible because there are going to be 12 guys that you would be perfectly okay entering the season with as your starter. I'll tell you what, Jamie, it's one thing, and I don't know why this is the only takeaway out of all the things you said there. It's one thing to unfollow a team on social media. It's another thing to delete all your photos of you wearing the jersey of that team. Something to keep an eye on here in the offseason. I'm going to unfollow. You know what? I'm going to, after the show today, I'm going to unfollow you on social media. Please. I've been waiting. Not if I block you first. 6.2 6.2 in the next pickup, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, George Kittle, Josh Jacobs, Denvin Singletary. A rookie joining the fray. Our first rookie off the board here in round six. And I'm a little surprised it's this guy, but it is. There's a lot of debate on who RB1 from a rookie standpoint is in this year's draft class. For you, Jamie, rookie RB1 is Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, and I went back and forth here. And look, this is a team in particular. They went three pass catchers in a row to start with Jefferson, Tyreek, and George Kittle. So they're kind of making up for it here. They went back-to-back running backs with Jacobs and Singletary, and they're going to take a high upside option here in one of these rookies. You know, as we did in last year's way too early mock draft, I have to kind of figure out who I think is going to go highest, where I think potential landing spots could be, and what their skill set would indicate. And, you know, for me – I believe that Isaiah Spiller has the the best complement of all the different skill sets that they need. And do I think he is in, in an elite option across the board? No. But here's what I say in the article, and this is how I had to kind of like justify this here. I think Spiller's a better pass catcher right now than Kenneth Walker or Hassan Haskins, and he's a better runner than, J- than James Cook or Kyron Williams. And I think those are all the names that you're going to kind of hear in this RB1 overall, RB1 fantasy rookie conversation that we talk about leading up to April's draft. So uh, I, I think it's, there are a lot of prospects really close. If you wanted to take Kenneth Walker, if you wanted to take James Cook, you want to take Kyron Moore, I'd be okay with it. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pound the table. But I love what Isaiah Spiller can do on passing downs, as we talked about last year. Rarely do you get a Najee Harris situation where a guy at this day and age where a guy comes in and just gets a massive workload. They are usually part of a timeshare. And what is the best way for a rookie running back to get on the field is be a third down, passing down, 
two-minute drill contributor. And I think that's what Isaiah Spiller can have right out of the gate. Um, but I think it is noting, as, as I noted on our show last week, there were two rookies I had as top 50 picks last mm-hmm. year in the way-too-early mock. Zero made the top 60 this year. And I think that's more of an indication of how I feel about this year's incoming rookie class from an immediate impact standpoint compared to last year. And as we talked about on the show last week too, Jamie, it, I think more so than last year with the talent that they that we had in last year's draft class, situation's going to matter, right? If some of these guys go to a situation where they are not the lead guy and it's going to be tough for them to get on the field, I don't know how much value they're going to bring you in year one. There's a guy, I'm not going to say his name just in case he maybe pops up here in the next two rounds. There's a guy down in Mobile that, very, that impressed me a lot and he can catch the ball out of the backfield and he can pass protect. So he's certainly a guy that's going to be able to get on the field in those third down passing situations. And yeah, I Devonta Price bad. really made no, no. A, a major impact he, down there. I know you're talking Chris, he's not going to be in this round. Um, whether he no, makes the next you, two rounds, we'll see. Do, hold on. Are you doing – you just did it again. You did the thing that you have done every time we've talked about running backs. You have met. You have, you have switched Damian Pierce and Devonta Price because you just said – Did Devonta I do that Price. again? You Damien did it Pierce. again. I did it every – I've done it every time. I've done it every time. For those of you who maybe don't follow the draft circle as in-depth as we do and you just come to us for fantasy uh, coverage, uh, Devonta Price running back for FIU, Florida, Florida International. International. Damian Pierce running back for the University of Florida. For Florida Jamie National. mixes them up Every constantly. time. There has not been a single instance in which Jamie has meant to talk about one of those running backs and has actually said the right name. So sure. Damian Pierce is the name that I was referencing. Yes. Again, I don't expect them to see him Florida in the running sixth back. round. But with the way that he played down in Mobile, a guy a guy that had not, not a ton of sample size down in Florida is a guy that I think fits what you're talking about with Isaiah Spiller can get on the field in passing down situations. Okay, I will save you from having to try to differentiate between those two running backs uh, because you're not very good at it. Uh, 6.3, joining Nick Chubb, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Michael Carter, and Michael Thomas. Jamie, if you would have told me a year ago that this guy would go in the sixth round of your way too early 2022 mock draft, I would not have believed you. Kyle hype was Pitts. out of control last year. Yeah, well, and he's and in fairness, and he had a good year. It's so season. weird. It's the weirdest year. And look, Kyle Pitts still comes in here as tight end five for me, and I still think his upside is tremendous. I expect positive touchdown regression from him. Like, I mean, the reality, as I said on the show a million times, if he caught six or seven touchdowns this year, people will be talking about Kyle Pitts in a completely different manner than they are now. And touchdowns aren't necessarily indicative of skills. Uh, had a phenomenal season as a rookie, should should only continue to grow. Technically finishes a tight end five in total points, but you know he was down to tight end 10 in average fantasy points per game. Uh, if you get him down here and you get him at somewhat of a value, even if you get him in the fifth round, like that is a, a value that I'd be willing to take a chance on here at tight end five because his up, he tr- truly does have top three tight end upside if everything goes well. Like he is an unbelievable talent from a pure football standpoint. You saw what he was able to do as a rookie. Who knows if Calvin Ridley is going to be back with the Falcons next year. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. There's just no way he's – this is going to be like the 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 anti-Tunyon. Like there's just no way he catches that few touchdowns if he's healthy again next year. Uh, if if people are were, who were burned by him or down on him let him slip, I would absolutely love to have him as my starting tight end going into next year. Now I will tell you this, Jamie. He ain't going in the sixth round. He's going way above this. Because people are still bought into what he can be. And again, he did have a very good year last year. Thousand-yard receiver, the touchdown. Did you see him joke on Twitter? Because he caught a touchdown pass in the Pro Bowl? Did you see him Chris, joke? you think I watched the Pro Bowl? 
No, no, no. I, he caught a touchdown pass in the Pro Bowl. I don't care if you watch the game or not. It doesn't make it doesn't make or break the story. But did you at least see that he caught a touchdown in the Pro Bowl? No, because I didn't watch the Pro Bowl, Chris. So he then tweeted. He goes, "Happy to finally have caught a touchdown in America." I believe was the way that he phrased the tweet. Because Great his only tweet. touchdown pass. Was I did the not one see that, that against the Jets in London. See, if you would have just let me Phenomenal get the story tweet. out, it would have been funny. It would have landed. The joke would have been good. But no, you had to railroad me and make a Pro Bowl joke. Unbelievable. I, just, I still didn't watch a Pro Bowl, Chris. 6.4. Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, Mark Andrews, Terry McLaurin, Damian Harris is this football team. They are joined by Darnell Mooney. Yeah, Darnell Mooney, I think, is going to be – I don't know if he's going to be a great value. Like, it's going to depend on who is paying really close attention to Chicago Bears late in the season, or really all season long, because Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney had a real strong connection throughout uh, the season – I don't anticipate Allen Robinson's going to be back next year. Well, I do expect Chicago to add probably at least a couple of receivers of free agency. They might draft one uh, on day two. Darnell Mooney is going to be the wide receiver one in Chicago next year. Got a strong relationship with the quarterback. And then only and he was one of only 35 wide receivers that averaged double-digit fantasy points per game this past year. And there was a little bit of musical chairs at quarterback. So uh, I am absolutely buying in. On Darnell Mooney here, he is definitely somebody I would love to have as like a high-end flex. These next three names, three names I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, 6.5, joining Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Calvin Ridley, Adam Thielen, J.K. Dobbins. Jamie, this team's got a lot of risk associated with it. I, I, I don't know if, you, if you've seen that as well as we've, we've talked through each of these picks for this team. They're now getting quarterback. Quarterback five. Surprising that this guy's quarterback five. It shocks me a little bit, Jamie. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So, you know, as full admission, I am not uh, afraid to admit when I'm wrong because I'm going to be wrong a lot because we're predicting I, the future. Yes, Chris? This is. Not, I think it's unfair for you to say that you were wrong. He got hurt and missed. Yeah, a but he wasn't, he wasn't playing to the level Fine. he needed to even before he got hurt. But like I, him playing the last month of the season would not have boosted him to the QB one conversation that I right. thought he I, would be in. Sorry, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll never I appreciate it. it. Save it for the uh, save it for the roast of, of me show that's happening to be determined sometime in the next like two months. We'll figure out when that happens. But uh, so it didn't quite work out. But I look, I still believe in the talent, the rushing upside. And quite frankly, this Ravens team should be a lot better next year. Just because, just getting those running backs, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, back from injury, being able to execute Greg Roman's offense the way they want to. Maybe they add another tight end to the mix alongside Mark Andrews to open up what Baltimore really did really well two, three years ago. All of those things make me really excited, as is a full season of Rashad Bateman uh, as a, a middle-of-the-field option in, in the immediate area for Lamar Jackson. I'm going to buy back in here a bit. Maybe QB1 was a little too lofty, but I absolutely believe he's a top five quarterback that has QB1 upside. And I'm going to absolutely love to have him on my team. And if people are down on him because of the year last year, which this is a guy I think could actually go below where I have him ranked uh, among quarterbacks, at least. I'm lower on quarterbacks in terms of overall rounds, but in terms of where I have him amongst quarterbacks, I could see him going lower than this with some of the, uh, the hotter names moving up. I would absolutely want to buy back in on a discounted version of Lamar Jackson for 2022. Speaking about Jamie Eisner buying back in on somebody, 6.6, joining Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, and Kyler Murray. You can change the Kyler Murray pick if you'd like because he may not play football next season. Odell. Kyler Murray's going to play football next season. Odell Beckham Jr., 6.6. Also, if I was going to change a pick, it would be Alvin Kamara right now, but 
I can't. That's not the rules. You're not, you're not allowed to change picks like that. Uh, Odell, <laughs> you're back in. Yes, I'm back in partially because I, I know what's going to happen here. Auto Beckham well, Jr. is going to go as a top 50 pick, and I'm just sure, going to have absolutely. to be out on Odell yeah, again. He's, he's going in the top three rounds for sure next season. Here's the deal with Odell Beckham Jr. And, and, and again, it goes back to the point I've been making the last two years with him, is you have to understand situation. Situation and opportunity is as important in fantasy as talent. And I think that gets lost a lot. And his situation and opportunity in Cleveland was low. Even with his 25% target share from Baker Mayfield in their time together, it was 25% of a small pie because they always were very run heavy. He also had injury history and stuff that he was coming back from, which was why I was so low on him. You know, now another year removed or will be healthier going into next season. And no matter where he ends up, whether it's back with the Rams or likely somewhere else, it will almost certainly be a better situation for him in terms of volume than the Browns' run-heavy offense. So I'm going to buy back in here a little bit, you know, as a guy that's a top 30 wide receiver. I'm not sure exactly where I put him here. He's definitely high-end flex, did not quite make wide receiver two territory for me. I believe this is wide receiver 29, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm absolutely willing to buy back in here as a high-end flex or a wide receiver three option for him, depending on where he goes. Like, does he go somewhere else that would boost his stock a little bit? I would still be cautious. New York Giants, Odell Beckham Jr., you're not going to get that value anymore. So don't pay for that. But if you want to pay for a little bit what he did down the stretch here with the Rams, I think that's a little bit more reasonable to expect. So I could see him going a little higher on this list based on where he lands because opportunity is going to matter for him. Opportunity is what held him back in Cleveland, which is why I didn't like him. It wasn't so much I didn't like the player. I just didn't like the hype relative to the production and the opportunity he got. He's going to be in a better spot now. Want to make some money? How about you invest in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind when you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under just $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Chris, going back to uh, something you want to invest in, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Let's go. Next, next up Look on my you. mock here, middle of round six, wide receiver 30. I'll let, you, let me give the floor to you first before I explain my reasoning because this is a guy that since the second you saw him, you've just said the phrase, too low. And – it was all, This goes all the way back to when he was drafted to Detroit a year ago. After that draft, he was drafted, what, fifth, sixth round? I mean, he's a day three guy. This was a day three guy for the Detroit Lions. But you looked at that receiver room and you went, man, that guy's going to eat. 
That guy is going to get the ball thrown his direction. He's going to have opportunity after opportunity in this offense. And it took a little bit. Took a small amount of time. But when Amon Ross St. Brown hit that, that, that mode that we all thought he could be in, at least I thought he could be in, he finished the season as one of the best wide receivers in football. One of the best wide receivers in fantasy football. That's how good he was for the last back half of the season. Let me put that into context, Chris. From weeks 13 to 18, can you name all of the wide receivers that outscored Amon Ross St. Brown in fantasy? I I can because I I have the story up and I know the answer. Um, You're supposed to. This was supposed to be like a a bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Only Cooper Cup outscored Amon Ross St. Brown. And as you know, Cooper Cup had an okay season this year if you've been paying attention. Can I add more context to that? Sure. So in the heart of playoff fantasy football, other than Cooper Cup, the next best receiver you wanted on your team was Amon Ross St. Brown. And look, they're going to add more talent in the draft and through free agency to this wide receiver group. That does not change what Amon Ross St. Brown can be for this football team. Jared Goff's still going to be the quarterback for this team in 2022. They're probably going to, at some point, address that position with a long-term answer. I, I Listen, I think the sixth round is probably fair in case they do bring in a couple extra targets and now he doesn't get the volume that he did. Because in the back half of the season, he had like four or five games of like 12 targets. Like he just had double-digit yeah. targets galore. And I don't think that's sustainable, especially if they bring in another target. But he's still going to get work. He's still going to get volume. And I still think he can be a productive receiver. Yeah, that's why I like him here as a flex. Because look, does he have the potential to be more? Sure, we saw it. But TJ Hawkinson's coming back as well, which needs to be considered another middle-of-the-field target. They've already publicly said they want to add two or maybe three wide receivers to this team. It's not to say Amon Ross St. Brown isn't going to get his. It's just, is he getting seven targets a game instead of 12? And at that point, he's very good, but not great. So I, I want to be cautious with buying in at his absolute peak value, given the way he ended the season. I get why you want to take a chance. There's, I could, if you told me he got that volume for a lot of the season next year, I don't think I would be shocked. I just think it's unlikely to happen. So uh, I want to hedge my bets here a little bit. And let me take him here as I'm not somebody that I'm depending on as a guaranteed have to start every single week. And if I can do that, I'm going to be thrilled with the potential upside I get here in case injuries strike Detroit again. Uh, by the way, I'm on Ross St. Brown joining Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Elijah Mitchell, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, 6.8 joining Joe Mixon, Debo Samuel, David Montgomery, DJ Moore, and Patrick Mahomes. A guy that I think... Another Trojan. Is an interesting conversation, Jamie, right? Because I think you, you saw at points how good Michael Pittman Jr. can be and how productive he can be in that offense. But boy, is it so dependent on whether or not Carson Wentz decides to play good quarterback or bad quarterback on a given week. Yeah, because, you know, Pittman got off to a really strong start. And by the way, he still ended as the wide receiver 21 in total points, wide receiver 28 in average fantasy points per game. And I kind of feel like having him outside the top 30 feels a little low. But I, I'm, I'm not in love with the quarterback situation that ultimately messed up his season. I wonder if they are going to bring in another receiving option that is a little bit more in their prime than T.Y. Hilton. I think the Paris Campbell experiment at this point is just is showing you he's just not going to be able to stay healthy. Um, I, to me, I want to see if there's additional pass catchers brought to this team to kind of help diversify this offense a little bit more when they don't give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, which they should do early, often, and always. So I, I kind of like Michael Pittman here. 
I don't think he's got the same ceiling as some of the guys we've already talked about, like the, the in this round, even like the Odo Beckham juniors or even the Amon Ross St. Browns. I'm not sure Pittman has that ceiling. I think his ceiling is high end wide receiver two, and his floor is probably low end flex. And I'm kind of split the difference here a little bit. Uh, I like him. He's somebody that I would absolutely be cool having near the top of my bench, but uh, I'm not overly enthusiastic about having him, but I, I do think he can be an 11 or 12 fantasy points per game type player for you, which by the way, has plenty of value. 6.9, joining Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, and Elijah Moore. All right, I was Hi, Chris. wrong. And Jalen Hurts. I, it's I, Jalen Hurts. I, I give so up. what do you think about I, this you, year? You, Chris, this is QB6 for next year. Now, okay, last year was last year, and I know you were very wrong, and I accept your apology. Um, but okay, now you've seen it for a year. What are your thoughts on him for next year? You were, you were very You were hesitant to buy in last year. I now have him at QB6, which is technically higher than I had him last year. What are you thinking now? Are it, you buying just, in at it, this price? It's so tough because you make a, such a compelling argument in the thing that, like, I know, yeah, you, so good. You, you probably don't want to. You probably don't want to watch Jalen Hurts play football, but like at the end of the day, he's going to get you points, and like that's the struggle internally I have. Like, oh yeah, it's, c- correct. I, I will make that point, Chris. If you draft Jalen Hurts on your fantasy team, please, for the love of God, do not watch him play. Just look that's, at the. And that's the just look at the points at the end of the week. That's the problem I have, and I get it that at the end of the day, the points are all that matters. But, man, I, I just want a guy that, like, I, I can watch and not, like, be like, oh, God, he's not throwing. He's, he's 4 of 12 passing at the moment. Yeah, right? don't check the score at halftime and you see he has, like, 4.37 points and, you, and you're cursing yourself. And then you look up at the end of the day, he's had a 20-point second half. Yeah, I know. Listen, you are, you are right. The, the Philadelphia Eagles committed to this running identity, and Jalen Hurts is a major part of that running identity. He is going to have the work – running the football. We talked about this, I believe, on last week's show when we were talking about Miles Sanders. This is a team that it's through a large stretch of last season had like, what, seven or eight games in a row in which they had 100 yards rushing. That's not all the running backs. Jalen Hurts plays a big role in that. And if he's going to run and give you that running volume, it means he's going to get into the end zone on the ground as well. I think Devonta Smith takes another jump this year. And it's not like, J- listen, Jalen Hurts is not an elite passer. Jalen Hurts can throw the football. I mean, it's not Tim Tebow there are worse quarterbacks there, right? playing games in the NFL right now. Right. So uh, you not are many, gonna but there are worse. You are gonna get some passing numbers from Jalen Hurts. It's just it's hard for me to when like I can't I know I can't watch him play four quarters yes. be like QB six, yes, and like get excited about that. It's the it's the Taysom Hill effect a little bit of just like you know it's gonna get there, but it's just not what you want. And, and here's the last point I want to make because you know, normally you would think a guy like Jalen Hurts would be very boomer bust. Like that would be the nature. And I was surprised to see that he really wasn't. Um, he only had three games all of last year with fewer than 16.7 points. And, and I, I should provide context for that because like I, I always say context is what matters here. Last year, the average number of fantasy points per game given up to a quarterback. So across the entire league was 17 and a half, technically 17.47. So he was within three quarters of a point, less than three quarters of a point of the average. He was only below that three times all season and had seven games with 23 or more fantasy points. So that, that, that level of consistency surprised me in my research because your initial thought is like, you know, he's going to have those boom games, but you're thinking it's the boom games to make up for the busts. He really didn't bust that often. Uh, Particularly this year, and and quarterback is such a volatile position, to be honest with you. It's more volatile than people want to give it credit for. A lot of good quarterbacks finish outside the top 12 every single week. 
So I'm, I'm buying back in. I think Adam is QB eight last year going into the season. QB 10. I, I know Adam top 10. I don't remember where I actually put him if it was eight or 10, but I feel comfortable with him here at QB six. Six out 10 joining Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, AJ Brown, T Higgins, and Josh Allen, a guy who we don't know where he's going to play next season, an unrestricted free agent. Talked to Jamie mentioned him a little bit earlier in the show. Mike Williams. I don't know what to do with Mike Williams, man. Like, l- let's like talk a yearly about co- this. Feels like a yearly conversation with you. What, what it do does. I do with and Mike Williams? I've always been lower on him than most. And then he did what he did the first five weeks of the season, where he was the best wide receiver in fantasy. Yes, better than Cooper Cup. Like he, from a production standpoint, was the best wide receiver in fantasy from weeks one to five. He finishes the wide receiver 15 in total points, top 20 in average fantasy points per game. But what scares me from week six on, wide receiver 42 with just three double-digit games. Is that good? It's not. And I don't know where he's going to play. I don't know if he's back. In, by the way, I don't know if I feel any better if he's back in LA or goes somewhere else. I don't know. Like I have I, – I guess I'd feel better if he goes somewhere where he would get some more volume – just assuming that even if it's he's going to take a downgrade at quarterback, I, I unless he's going to Kansas City or Buffalo, but that, that doesn't Buffalo. Sound. Although I don't know if Buffalo is an upgrade from a pure passing standpoint. Like Josh Allen as a pure overall quarterback is fun, but like I think you'll get more volume from Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert's not going to run around. Justin Herbert's not going is going to throw the ball in the red zone, not try to run it in himself. You know what I mean from like a fantasy perspective. Fair. So, but odds are he's going somewhere that he's going to take a QB downgrade. And but will the volume make up for it? I, I felt like it would, it would. I couldn't put him any lower than this, but I don't think I'm going to have a ton of shares of Mike Williams because look, the first five weeks of the season, given what he's done for really the entirety of his career, has to be considered a fluke, doesn't it? But for this team right now, they've already got two starting receivers. They got their quarterback. They got their two starting running backs. Like the potential upside here of, of Williams as your flex or top of the bench guy, I'd be willing to take the chance. Uh, that he ends up going somewhere where he can get some little bit more volume and be a little bit more consistent. Uh, two more picks for us to get to here. 6.11, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Kelsey, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, Saquon Barkley. They're going to get joined by Kareem Hunt. Yeah, you know, Hunt is, as I say in the article, he's a peculiar player to roster because he's there's clearly a clear number one in Cleveland. It's Nick Chubb. But Hunt isn't a handcuff either. Uh, because he is truly, from a pure talent perspective, one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. And I think that's maybe been forgotten a little bit because he is in Cleveland, but uh, he is one of the best pure runners uh, in terms of just a talent level in the NFL. We have seen him get entire drives, entire series to himself, including goal line touches at times, which has infuriated Nick Chubb fantasy managers. Uh, you know, But he really only played in two games after week six last year. But he averaged nearly 16 fantasy points per game in those first six weeks, four 15-plus point performances. When he's out there, he has a chance to be starter-worthy, but he does have injury concerns. He is behind Nick Chubb. He's just one of those weird guys that you just like – you look at and you know he's in the right situation. He's in the great offense. He's a great player. But you just don't know how many games this season you're going to start him. So – that to me is the guy that I'm, I'm willing to take a risk on here on my bench. And that's what this team is doing. You know, they, they have it, hero RB is what they're calling this now, where you get the very elite top running back and then you spend the next couple picks on, on other options. They go hero RB with Jonathan Taylor, come back with elite tight end Kelsey uh, and then two really good receivers and Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf. Saquon Barkley comes back as a risk. And I think kind of 
maybe thinking between Barkley and Hunt, you might be able to piece together some pretty strong fantasy value mixing and matching those guys around their injuries. Last player we're going to talk about here on this show to close out round six, 6.12, joining Derrick Henry, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Tyler Lockett, and Brandon Cooks. It's a guy we mentioned earlier when talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. It's TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, played just 12 games last year. Uh, slightly disappointing, averaging only 9.6 fantasy points per game. Um, I, I know there was a lot of talk about the major Hawkinson breakout this year with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay gone. Didn't even see that when he was healthy. But I do expect to bounce back this year particularly if you're going to take him here in the middle of the tight end one category. We're right here at tight end six. I don't think he's going to challenge the elite tier of the the Kelseys uh, and the Mark Andrews of the world. Uh, But I do think there's a bit of a tier break coming after this spot. So if you haven't grabbed one of these top six tight ends that end here in this round with Pitts and Hawkinson, I I think at this point there's a lot of sameness. There's a lot of guys you might like better than the others, but there's a lot of sameness. So uh, I'm willing to take Hawkinson here as as a middle of the tight end group here for a team. again, that's got two running backs and three wide receivers already on their roster. Uh, there's this team's waiting on quarterback just a little bit longer. All right, Jamie, we got a little bit of time here. A couple minutes. Uh, I will get your Super Bowl prediction. Rams Bengals. You know, this is, uh, this is going to be a, an interesting game for a lot of fronts because the Rams have a talent advantage in a lot of spots, particularly if you look at it in the trenches in this game with the Rams defensive line against Cincinnati's offensive line. That's going to get talked about a ton in this game. And the ability for Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and company to really wreak havoc uh, on the Bengals' backfield. Um, I do think this is going to be a close game. I think this is going to be a one-score game. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to take the Rams to win Uh I don't want to bet against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is right now probably the most likable person in the NFL, uh, probably the coolest person in the NFL right now, uh, and I would be more than happy to see Joe Burrow win. My concern is is when there is the same concern that I had when we talked about the Bucs uh, Chiefs Super Bowl last year, which was I did think that from a talent perspective, the game was close, but my issue is going to be that I fully believed that the Buccaneers front would cause havoc on Patrick Mahomes and make his day extremely rough and give them enough offense or give them enough trouble that their own offense could be able to outscore them. And I kind of feel the same way this year. Like when there was a big advantage in the trenches last year, resulted in the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. It's a huge advantage in the trenches this year. And I think it's going to result in the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I thought the Chiefs would have beaten the Bengals, and it was behind the fact that after giving up, what, nine sacks that the Bengals did to the Tennessee Titans, that that line wasn't going to be able to hold. It did against the Chiefs front. Aaron Rams Donald were much Von, better. Yeah. Aaron Donald and Von Miller, it's just, a different, it's just a different thing. And to me, that's the thing that I keep coming back to when talking about this game, that I can't, I, I can't just explain that away and be like, oh, they'll just figure it out, right? And I just have trouble with that. And so it's it's the Rams for me. I think it's going to be closer um, than, than people think. I think it's going to be a close football game, but I ultimately think that front is going to do enough. And if the Stafford that has shown up through the first three games of the playoffs or the Rams shows up, I think this Rams team is going to, going to be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. So that that, that is my official prediction. Uh, we're back. Are we going to do a Sunday night show, Jamie? We're going to do a post-Super Bowl show where we talk we about will. We'll, we'll break. Okay. Everything down. I'm trying to see what what is this what is the spread up to now? I'm just trying to take a look. Is it four and a, yeah four and a half? So from our friends over at Bet Online. Yeah, so it's been kind of oscillating between like three and a half four or between like four and five. But yeah, that's about right. I, I do think this is a one score game. Yep, and I will take the Rams uh, as well. Uh, that's going to do it for us, uh, Jamie. Where can everybody follow you on social media? 
Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram, and you can see the full six-round mock draft under the fantasy tab at thedraftnetwork.com. Follow me on Twitter at True Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. We're back on Sunday for a post-Super Bowl show. Everybody enjoy the big game. Enjoy the festivities. Enjoy whatever props, boxes, square, whatever you've got going on for the for the big game. Uh, enjoy that. Enjoy the commercials. Enjoy the just all of the festivities that Super Bowl Sunday brings. We will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.